Good morning, New Life family. So good to see you today. Amen. And the presence of God is confirming with all of us that he's here to embrace us and to encourage and build up our faith in him. The one thing that pleases God is what? Faith. Faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If I understand it, it's probably not faith. Faith versus what I think I know is the problem, not sin. Faith versus what I think I know about God, his kingdom, and truth is the problem, not sin. The enemy of your soul don't want you to get that. He wants me every day to think I know something. And that temptation does not stop, y'all. It's every day. Thank you, Jesus, for his presence. Thank you, Jesus, for the peace that he gives, the comfort that he provides for you and I. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And as I've grown in the Lord to serve his will and his passion, I've become to realize that as you allow him to come to his house and be king of his kingdom within you so that he, through you, can glorify his name in the earth, amen, that we're either moving forward, upward, or backwards, downward. There is no neutral. There is no idea that we've arrived. Amen. Has he arrived, though, is the question. Has he been given rightful place to be the king of his kingdom within me? Amen. And so I'm saying this to you that God's plan is not for anyone to be frustrated, to be full of anxiety, to worry. Amen. That's not, Jesus worried about nothing. How can we be a follower of Jesus and worry? Follow Jesus with your thoughts and it will wow you. Follow Jesus with the way you think and the kingdom will overcome you. Amen? Remember, faith versus what I think I know is the problem, not sin. Sin was defeated 2,000 years ago. Does anybody believe that? And for some of you, you're still trying to figure that out, and you're saying, well, why is sin still around? Not, not because it hadn't been defeated, but because it's doing its job well. The enemy does his job well. He was defeated 2,000 years ago, but if he can manipulate you and I to think that he's powerful, to think 
that he's in charge and we buy into it, here we go. You see, here we go. Faith versus what I think I know is the problem, not sin. Sin is the fruit of what I believe. Amen. Every moment of every second of every day, you're being given an opportunity. I'm being get, I, the guy in the mirror gets an opportunity every day to make good choices, God choices. Anybody agree? And if I get done wrong, I can choose to be an American or I can choose to be a believer. Which one? I have rights now. As an American, I have no rights as a believer. I'm going to keep coming back to it. Faith versus what I think I know is the problem, not sin. And so, does anybody ever justify a reaction? I want to raise my hand. So the title of the message today is, What Do I Know? <laughs> you know, the idea that I need God just went to another level. You know, it's one, every one of us can say together in unison, I need Jesus. The real question is, just how much do we need him? And if my thinking is not correct and it has any amount of leaven in it, need I say more? Because a little leaven, just a little, will leaven the whole lump. For all you bakers that know this and you people that don't know how to cook yet, you want a good loaf of bread, you better have the right leaven in it. And that leaven gets in the whole lump, and it turns out to be wonderful hot bread with some good butter and whatever you like wiping on it. Oh, is anybody hungry yet? Just hold on. I won't be long. I'll be long enough to encourage you to pray over your food here shortly. Amen. So what, what do I know? I want to read some scripture today, uh, just so when you know this is in the Bible. And, uh, but I do want to tell you why my conviction is at another level this week, because I have a granddaughter. I have a granddaughter. And my wife and I both agree we've been given a second chance by God as grandparents to try it again. And uh, because I've been through that parenting thing that was so painful, and I missed a lot of what God was trying to show me, I'm loving on you parents. You don't want to miss it, but if you do, thank God for mercy. I missed some powerful things that God wanted to speak to me. He, he got through to me a lot, but I missed a lot of what he wanted to say to me through my children, that he, his heritage. He put them in my path for a reason, and, and I thought they were my kids, and I found out they were his, and, and I was stewarding what belonged to him, and uh, 
It took me a while to figure that out. And so my little granddaughter, she, uh, she made me a little rubber band bracelet. And before she made it, she come and asked me what my favorite colors were, and I gave her some colors, and, and she went to work on me a bracelet. And she gave me that bracelet, and I, thank you, honey. And God started talking. You know, she was so happy to give me a gift. She gave me $500, too. You know that? In a different currency. She said, it'll buy you some bubble gum, Papa. I love bubble gum, honey. What do you think Daddy's talking to me about? And so I took that bracelet, and I was prompted because he said, pay attention to that bracelet. He, he spoke to it in my speech, pay attention to that bracelet. And then he spoke to my wife, pay attention to that $500. God's talking. Are we listening? And so she come by a couple of days later and had that bracelet in a safe place called my coffee cup. I had it wrapped around it because I didn't want to forget it. And I saw her and I picked my coffee cup and said, baby, I got my, I got my bracelet. Her eyes lit up. And God started talking some more. Whew. What do I know? And he finally was getting through me this week that he's really going to do some talking to me and you because he loves us so much. And like my little granddaughter, we are to him and much more. Every time we pay him attention, every time we give him a man, this thing, you know, if it, the moment you get thankful, there's an impression that comes to you. And next thing you know, you might be raising your hands. That's called praise. You might clap your hands. If you're truly grateful, remember this, don't forget this. If you're truly thankful, he always meets you at true gratitude, at true thanksgiving, and he impresses you to either leap for joy, shout with a voice of triumph, clap your hands, lift your hands, fall on your face, bend your knees. That's him saying to you, I'm here, respond. Amen. And like little children, we don't care what anybody thinks. Daddy, that's my daddy. And he sees me, and I want him to pick me up. I want him to go get on the merry-go-round with me. I want to go skipping with him through the playground. Is anybody catching this yet? Unless we become as little children, we can have no part. Too many of us are too grown up. I didn't say, I wouldn't talk, I'm not talking about maturity. Our idea of, grown, you know, faith versus what I think I know is the problem, not sin. And if I think I know something, sin has access immediately. But when I get to the point that only God knows, and all I ever do is walk by faith, I don't do nothing but walk, I don't do anything but walk by faith, and it pleases our daddy. 
So you never really get to understand anything really. And yet he brings understanding to us. Amen. And we mature on a kingdom of God sonship level. Amen. So follow Jesus with your thoughts. And it says it this way in Philippians 8, 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellence, excellent or praiseworthy, Whatever's excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. That describes Jesus completely. It describes the beatitudes of Jesus. It describes the fruit of God's Spirit. So all who think this way, God is with them. That's what Paul went on to write. He said, if you'll think like this, God will be with you. Anybody want God with you? And if God is with me and you because we think about these things, somebody said, man, I got some bills to pay. I got some work I got to get done. Man, I've got, I got three or four kids, man. That's, that I boy, I ain't got time to be thinking about all that. I got to think about all this other stuff. Anybody know, ever been, been there before? When we realize they're his heritage, and that we're stewarding his passion in their life. All of a sudden, it's not our problem. Anybody want to get to a place where it's not your problem no more? Since when did God want life to be your and my problem? He don't. He made it his problem 2,000 years ago, cleared the path, gave his life, and then came back in spirit and in fire to resurrect us into our true identity so that we could be his sons and daughters. Wow, what a deal. Yet, the enemy knows how to manipulate and control us by way of thought. However a man or woman thinks, so are are they? You, you will agree with whatever identity or image you see about yourself. So does anybody see guilt in your life and shame and regret and frustration? And Anybody see that in your life? Where did that come from? And the Lord promises me and you that he can make the difference and change the way we think so we can live differently. He can actually do it by way of experience. And he'll let you try to figure it out for a while until you get sick and tired of that too. And the moment you come and you lay it all down, I don't know nothing. I don't know anything. Lord, here I am. Fix me. Save me. Change me. Cleanse me. Wash me. Purge me. Fill me until my cup is running over. We have not because we, and he said that he's the best father that has ever been, and if a good father will give me a fish instead of a stone, amen, or a serpent, 
or give me bread instead of a stone. He said, how much more will I give you the Holy Spirit and fire if you'll ask? What we need is God. What we need is his presence. What we need is to be full until our cup is running over. I can't explain to you what's going on in my life. God is going on in my life. And all the things I worry about, he still owns those too. He's still, he's still in charge of this whole earth. Well, he, he's in control of it. The question is, if I'm, if I'm letting him be in charge of me in this earth, and he will not break that choice of ours to let him take charge. He wants charge. Please, I encourage you today, understand when I say he wants charge, he's asking for us to trust him. You can't do that. You and I cannot trust God unless God gives us the power and the intelligence to trust him. Can't do it. You're not capable. I'm not capable of, of doing what only God can empower us and give us a mind to do. If I don't have the mind to do it, God's going to have to give that to me. So he gives us his spirit in fire so that we can enjoy power, dominion, and intelligence from his throne room. You can't explain none of that intelligence. You, you, just, you, just, you, just, you just got it. I can't tell you why, but God's good, isn't he? Anybody want, want that now? Because I know we've wore ourselves out trying to pass the test, and we keep failing it. But with God, you'll pass it. Amen? And so you got two types of people in this earth. you got a t one group that lets those circumstances overcome them. But then you have a group that has decided that they're going to overcome their circumstances. And the group that overcomes their circumstances is the group that finally lets him in. Because whether you've got a big bank account and you own a lot of stuff and you've got prestige and you built a name for yourself, you're still empty without God. And he's coming for all that stuff you put in all these barns that you've got. Look what I've done. I can take my ease, drink, and be merry. I've arrived. There's a knock coming. And when, he, and when it's time for you to go, he's going to ask the question, now who does all this stuff belong to? So we're not after things. He says that if you will think on these things that are true, just, honest, pure, and good report. The excellent things, amen, the powerful things. He said, I will be with you. Follow me with your thoughts. I will be with you, and not only will I be with you, I will provide everything you need. Worried can't be in the equation. Being frustrated because people don't straighten up and do right and line up and straighten up and When I follow him with my thoughts, people can just be, regardless if they're right or wrong, whether they're righteous or unrighteous, whether they slap me or not. When I think 
right and I follow him with my thoughts, I will turn the other cheek and new revelation will come. And I'll turn the cheek again. Another revelation will come until you go like, keep slapping me. I'm getting some stuff from heaven. I can't get no other way. Is anybody getting this? Instead of fussing about the challenges of life, you invite them to come because it makes you better. It reveals who you are, and it reveals where you are in him. So what do I know? Amen? I don't have to know nothing. If I can experience identity in him peace that passeth all understanding and joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Give me that. I don't have to know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. So does anybody want to get to the place where you determine to know nothing but Jesus crucified? Are you ready to get to the place where you count all things as dung? That you might win him. That's what Paul said. So he had he had he had the pedigree, y'all. Paul had the pedigree. He said, Dung, ain't worth it. I don't want to miss out on him. I don't know nothing. And so I'm paying attention to Daddy talking to me about if I think I've got something figured out, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> and that's prison. That's prison, y'all. Whatever you think you've got figured out, know this. You ain't got it figured out. I'm going to give you a few examples here. And then we're going to get a revelation of how living a life of repentance is the only life to live. And why repentance is not a bad word, but a kingdom word and basically an act of mercy on God's behalf to all of us. Because he knows the way we think when we find out what's behind it. Woo! Turning about face and getting rid of that is not a problem. But we wouldn't even know if he didn't reveal it. Well, Pastor, I, I, I know some things. I, I, I got, I've got a master's. I've got a doctorate. It ain't life, y'all. It's not life. The Lord needs you to know him, and to know him, everything you do is by faith. And when you understand that, he's going to say something else that you're not going to understand. And he's going to ask you to come up higher, which will require us repenting to that reality so that we can step into that level of peace that we haven't experienced yet. Somebody said, man, I got peace. I'm fine. No, no, get ready because there's some coming that's going to reveal that you need more. It's God's plan. He doesn't stop. He's committed. He's faithful to finish what he starts. And that means he's making every one of us, amen, to be who he says we are. And, and we, he, we can choose to reject him. That's, that's right. But there's a group that find this level of, yes, Lord. And they yield to it. Amen.
So when, when I'm not overcoming and when there's worry, when there's frustration, anxiety, and depression, guilt, and shame, and all that stuff, that, that's valid evidence that uh, I don't know nothing. If the enemy's body slamming me and I need help. And so most people that are given over to the victim mentality, everybody that has a victim mentality takes things personal, number one. When stuff happens, immediately they take it personal. Amen. I'm wrong. I'm flawed. I'm not worthy. I'm guilty. I'll never be worth anything. I'll never be able to be a success. And they just, and once you take it personal, <laughs> the enemy's got you now because it becomes pervasive. If today's bad, tomorrow's going to be bad too. It's just going to get worse. Until you arrive at everything's permanent, it'll never be any different. It'll always be the same. And why try? Has anybody ever had those dark clouds over your head before? Every one of us have been tempted by that lie at some point or another. And the Lord allows it to happen because he knows we're wired not to stay there. We're wired to seek for an answer, to look for hope, to pursue after peace and joy. He put it in us. Amen? But you can't have the kingdom of God your way. It has to come his way. Is that, is that true? The king has a platform by which he arrives in charge of our life, and it won't happen any other way. His way. And he, he calls them keys. And he gives a set of keys to a man that was hard-headed just like me. And you. I love you. Get ready. God wants to use you mightily. He keeps telling me he's going to use me mightily too. I got hope. Amen. But he gives Peter a set of keys and tells him because of the group when he said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? son of man am? They started, well, some say that you are Jeremiah, some say Elijah, Elijah. But whom do you say I am? And Peter leaped forth and said, thou art the son of the living God. And Jesus looked at him. He says, flesh and blood did not reveal this. Can't, can't, can't happen. Only God can reveal that. Only God can reveal that. And Peter's still stroking his beard like, I can't, but I know it. And because of that, Peter, I'm going to give you some keys, and you're going to bind some things in heaven and some loose some things in heaven. You're going to bind some things in earth and loose some things in earth with these keys. And it become, those keys became the gospel message to the whole earth. And Peter was given that. And anyone that comes to Christ his way, God's way, they have access to those keys too. 
right? And Peter preached the gospel message that is all whacked out in our Christian world today. There's only one message. There's only one gospel. It don't change. When Peter delivered it in Acts chapter 2, he delivered it to Jerusalem. He delivered it to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts. Once it was released, it was bound. It don't change. I don't care what Christian movement says it. Well, it's not that way today. No matter what voice is saying, oh, it changed, it's not that way today. Oh, you can be sure when it was bound in earth and in heaven and loosed in earth, and it is, it's still the same today. And if you want to enjoy the best that God has to offer, we come his way, whether you understand it or not. This is important. Faith versus what I think I know is the problem. Not sin. Sin was defeated. Jesus is inviting every one of us to come to him, not because of sin being the problem. He's asking us to come to him so he can give us his mind. And we can think like he thinks. And we can talk like he talks. And we can walk like he walks. But you can't do that, and I can't do that, unless we have been given power. and intelligence from the spirit and fire. Boy, I didn't think I was going to say it like that today. But it's like, mmm. And the release here, and I know about you, I know this much, well, I think I do. But you've been wired by him, and what's happening inside of me and what's coming out of me is not Dwayne Lowe. It's daddy talking to his children about his plans and how easy and light he wants it to be from you moving forward. He don't want you heavy. He don't want you beat up. He don't want you frustrated. He wants you full of life, rivers of life, abundant life, more life, eternal life. He wants life coming out of you everywhere you go, spilling into the hearts of those he's in love with. You're the key to the miracle that he wants to perform in the earth today. He will not do it without you. But when we let him in, he can only come his way. You can't decide that. He decides that. And that's what repentance is, is an act of God's mercy, amen, to us to say, yes, Lord. You set the parameters. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to uh, forget that. Job, we heard about him last week. Job, God says to him, the finest man in all of the East. He was a man that feared God and didn't like hanging out where evil was. Is that true? God said that. If God says it, I think he's pretty well clear. That was, the, that was the best guy he could find in all the East. And he's having a conversation with the devil. Have you considered this fine man, perfect, upright, fears me and hates evil? Yeah, 
But if you'll put your heads down and let me touch them, I'll get them to curse you. Does the devil do his job well? Anybody feel like Job at times? Yep, yep, every one of us. Ain't fair, is it? But get the beautiful picture here, ladies and gentlemen. God revealed this to me, and you're talking about a good conviction. I wasn't condemned. I was convicted. Job faces some bad storms. He loses all his children. He loses all his wealth. His wife said, you just kill yourself as soon as you can. Get over it. paraphrasing and Job perfect upright fierce God don't like evil he started talking man I fear God I hate evil I can't figure out what's going on and he's having a conversation his friends is asking questions and then they're responding and they're stirring him up and next thing you know he don't even know that his comments which are i read them they're pretty awesome kind of like man i feel you man you're wrong i agree with you oh yeah go read it you'll say man that's exactly what i've been saying what do i know (laughs) and at the end of this thing the lord pulls him in and said now who are you to think you are can reason with me where did these dark thoughts come from, Job? I'm thinking, they must dark thoughts. And the Lord's talking to me. He says, no. He says, a religious spirit comes to everybody because you are upright and because you serve God and you don't like evil. You think you have a right to open your mouth and talk. You think you have a right to measure everything. Have I ever done that? I got the Bible studies to back up why I believe what I believe. Anybody ever done that before? And the Lord says to Job, you're going to be my critic. Job, you're actually going to be my critic with these dark thoughts that you're thinking. And I'm I'm back, I'm flipping back trying to find out all this messed up stuff he said. And the Lord said, it was a religious spirit, son. The enemy came in and joined with him in his passion to be on God's side and masked it and when God got through with Job he said you're going to answer me now you're going to answer me and Job says "Uh, here's my answer I repent forever opening my mouth I sit in ashes and sackcloth as a sign of my repentance Repentance, God wasn't being mean to Job. God was being passionate about Job. And he was offering Job an invitation to come into the most holy place. And God knows how to ask us the right questions to humble us, don't he? He knows how to get right in there and find out what is it that you really want. What are you lacking? What are you needing? Well, let me ask you some questions because your, your, your conversation has what puts you in jail. The way you think has put you in prison. 
The thoughts that you entertain is where all this frustration and worry and depression and anxiety is coming. You're not thinking, I'm quoting Scripture the whole time. I'm quoting Scripture the whole time. Yeah, yeah, you can quote Scripture all day long, but if you're not under the spot where the glory falls out, if the presence of God hadn't been allowed in because you got all these Bible studies supporting what you know, again, faith versus what you think you know is the problem, not sin. Let me say it this way. Nobody, uh-oh, somebody's going to be, gonna be, be careful, Pastor. Nobody's going to hell because of sin. Everybody goes to the bad place because they reject Jesus. When you reject Jesus, the fruit of sin shows up. Have you ever wondered, why did I keep saying that? Why I keep thinking that? Why I keep doing that? Because you're rejecting Jesus. I qualify to encourage y'all today. I know what I'm talking about because the guy in the mirror, it's the way it works. I need Jesus. So I have to decide something. What do I know? What do I know? Thank you, Father. Boy, presence of God's in this room right now. Isaiah has a visitation of God in the year that King Uzziah died. And he saw angels, sephirims, flying around saying, Holy, holy, holy. And as they spake, the place shook. God ain't even said anything yet, y'all. The angels are speaking, and the place is shaking. And what happens to Isaiah? He falls down, and he begins to repent. And what does he repent of? He says, I am, and Israel is, I and Israel are a people of unclean lips. We talk too much. He's the prophet Isaiah, y'all. Angel leaves the throne room, grabs a, 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 a coal off of the altar, which is very significant. Y'all need to really consider where your altar is. And he takes that coal and he flies to Isaiah and he touches his lips. He says, your guilt is taken from you. And it was then that God spoke. You know that ministering spirits are there as ministers to minister to the heirs of salvation? That God sends the angels to minister to everybody all over the earth. Everybody's an heir. Not everybody will receive their, their inheritance. They just won't do it. They won't get under the spout and let the Spirit come in spirit and fire and fill them up. They won't do it because they got to figure it out. And they'll live their life religiously missing out on the miracle every day, being who God designed them to be because it just don't add up. I need to figure it out first, Pastor. Uh-uh. The Lord wants every heart 
to receive him without trying to figure him out. And he comes to his house only one way. I know a lot of people that feel God, but they're not yet filled with God. They hear God, but they won't say, yes, Lord. And they'll talk about what God says, but they never walk with what God says. Anybody, the guy in the mirror does. Is this helping anybody? God said to Isaiah, I need someone to go for me, <laughs> which is perfect. Like God won't do it without us. I'm going to do something to the earth, but I need somebody that'll go for me. And then through repentance, Isaiah says, Lord, send me. Amen. Send me. The only way that daddy can have his way through me and you as his kids is his spirit of power and intelligence has to be in place. We truly are his kids because we walk by faith. Which ties us in with powerful patriarchs. That every one of them had to face reality that they didn't know God and God was too high to ever know. His ways are past finding. I promise you today, you want the spirit of religion off of you. You want it. Every one of us have been in, every one of us have been impacted by the lying spirit of religion. Every one of us has garbage in our thinking that keeps worry, anxiety, frustration, fretfulness, guilt, shame. It's because of religious spirits. And this life of repentance is huge. I'll give you an illustration as I bring it down now for all of us to put the enemy under our feet. I'm sitting over here on the other side of our playground, and I'm using this illustration because it came to my mind while I was getting my downloads. And the Lord let me know, Son, that's what I was working out because you thought you knew something and I had to get that out of you. You know, we have all kinds of evidences that God brought me and Tammy here. Me and Tammy, we got all kinds. Of, no, this is nobody. We guess when this is where he brought us. But the enemy likes that too because he can take that and hide behind it and think we've arrived. And the Lord knows how to work that leaven out, that demon out. I've been set free for a lot of demons, y'all. And I'm asking the Lord, if there's any more influence there, I want it out. And you know what? Daddy's hearing us when we get honest and we live a life of repentance. Repentance is the first step in the keys that make a difference. It's the first step. So I'm sitting over there and we done moved into the building. People's coming. Good stuff's happening. But that note's coming up. We weren't supposed to be able to borrow money, and I didn't believe in borrowing money. 
But the Spirit of God says, you can't borrow it. You can't. That's right. There's no way we could borrow $2.1 million. We didn't have anything other than a piece of property. And we didn't have, you got to have other things in place for them to say, yeah, we'll do this, $2.1 million. This is back 20 years ago. And so since, yeah, that's right, I can't. What am I worried about? We ain't getting it anyway. It's up to God. But he said, no, you're going to go apply for it because I'm going to show you I own all the banks too. Well, you don't want me to be a debtor because that's not cool. You know, children of God are not, they don't, they don't go in debt. So I'm not, I'm not getting it, and I got a Bible study for God. And I'm not promoting you go borrow money, by the way. I am promoting that you trust God and walk by faith and do what he says. And he'll ask you to do stuff that don't add up. So this wasn't fitting my Bible study, and I went and applied for the loan that I know I can't get possible. And God sent an old elder down that was encouraged me and said, he wants me to come stay, encourage you. And I'm going to stay till you start the foundation on that puppy. Yes, sir. So he's encouraged me. And so I'm not going to borrow money. And he comes out of prayer, which he don't believe in borrowing money. He says, we need to go apply for that loan. That's what the Lord's saying. Okay. And we both agreed, okay, apparently because he owns the banks. We get it. I'm sitting on that other side. Now we've got to make the note. The note ain't cool. And it ain't adding up. Two plus two don't equal four. And I'm a plan of action guy. And I'm a budget guy. And it's looking like I got myself in this problem. And I'm taking it personal now. And it's becoming pervasive. And it's looking like it's going to be permanent. And I'm becoming a victim. I'm, I, I'm, I'm becoming a victim. So I made a phone call to one of my friends. and said, man, you know... We need to write checks today, and things need to happen, but it's not logical. And he laughed on the other end of the phone. He said, it's interesting. I got this number to this personal friend of mine. Call it. The Lord told me to tell you to call it, and you're going to get a word. Okay, I don't know the spooky stuff. Okay. Gave me the number, and I'm sitting in the truck. I'll do anything right now to hear a voice from heaven. I need confirmation. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking my own rules. She knows I'm breaking my rules. I'm, I'm walking by faith right now. I've become a victim, and I need the Lord to get me out of this. And I dialed that number and answered the other end of the phone. I told them who I was. They told me who they were, and I said, uh, I was prompted to call you. He said, stop. The Lord's talking to me about you. He said, you're, you're sitting there, and you're concerned about the payment on the building. I said, okay, well, just, this better not be a witch on the other end of the line. I'm just saying that for effects. I knew it was that my spirit man was going, oop. And, it, and he said exactly what God had already said. Witches can't do that. They can't do that. Sorcerers can't do that. God's already spoke to me and told me, what you worried about? He'd already had it. It's what you're concerned about. I own this stuff. But I'm over here adding numbers. And the Lord told me to tell you not to worry about it. He's got it. Write the checks. Write the checks. So I did. I get out of the truck. You know what? This is, this is his. I'm just his kid. It's, a, it's on him, not me. Walked in there. The Lord said, write the checks. And y'all know that's been 20 years ago. And every month, 
He finally got through. He said, man, when you get the message I'm trying to get you, son, I'm going to clear it out. I say you're not in debt. The world says you are, but you're not. I'm finna clear it out before you, you finally got it. You don't know nothing, son. What I thought I knew was wrong. What God was actually saying was right. We're not here today because Tammy and I did anything. We're here today, me and Tammy, enjoying what God's doing because he's in love with people. It's all about the people. It's all about the harvest. It's white. Where's my laborers at? There's powerful people in this room. You've been, you've been, a, you've been a victim too long. You've been beat up too long. And you can hear the angels because the ministering spirits of heaven have come to your house. They've come to you. And you could tell they were there and they were reaching for you to make a decision and repent. That's why the ministering spirits are sent forth to the heirs of salvation is to keep them with the right attitude, encourage them to worship God. That's what the ministering spirits, the angels of heaven are for. That's sent for the you and I to cause us to worship. How do we worship God? We start with repentance. It's the process of going through the tabernacle, y'all, as you stand right now. It's the process of entering through the gate of thanksgiving. Approaching that altar of sacrifice and repenting to his identity. Going to that brazen laver, going down in the water and being baptized just like Jesus was baptized as our example. So that what? The spirit that descended on him will descend on you. And when you come out of the throne room of your daddy, the king of all kings, you can only say what he says. You only only say what you hear him say. You will, all this other talk, you will stop it. You will only do what you see your father do. All these other good things that are not God things, you will stop doing them. What do I know? As some of you wore out, beat up because you're doing a lot of good things that you think is for God. It's not. It's time to do God things that bring rest, peace, joy, and identity to you. And you can't take no credit for it. Only God can have the credit. Is anybody ready to cut some things off that's been holding you down so you can go up higher? Let me tell you, me and Tammy, we're on a journey right now. It's not without pushback, but we ain't changing it. We've decided we're going after it. And I'm going to pray for you today that you go after it and live, live, live. Live. Father, thank you for the presence of your power right now. Thank you for the joy that you already have provided for all of us. Thank you, Father, for the miracle that you're working in every heart right now. Amen. Kingdom of God, come. Kingdom of God, come.
Let the bread that you are that came down from heaven, let it fill every heart here today until every limb has been touched by the coals of the altar and the guilt has been put aside. Lord, you've called us to be a demonstration of your identity and your mercy. Forgive us, Father, even as we forgive those that have indebted us. Lord, glorify your name right now. Put the tempter under our feet and let our ears be tuned in and our hearts charged up with your spirit, fire, power, and mind in Jesus' name. How many of y'all want to get rid of the frustration? You, you, you couples, you need honeymoon in your marriage. Amen. You need relationships that need healing right now. You, you need miracles to go on in your life that, amen, without God, you know you can't arrive there. Don't be satisfied with feeling God. Be filled with God. Receive the Spirit and the fire today. If you're having problems with that, I'll pray with you. Because when the Spirit and the fire gets a hold of you, your language will totally change into the King's language. You'll talk just like your daddy. And you'll live just like him, with him forever. God bless you. Amen. The miracle is yours. It's for you to receive it. It's for you to say, yes, Lord. Amen. Come on, life changers, join with me. Come on, elders. Obey the Lord. Let's have Miracle Sunday today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father.